hey, guess what name of God we're going to be talking about today? Yahweh. We look to Yahweh. Well, first I want to say how humbled I am and grateful to serve a church like this. Um, it is a blessing and a privilege. And I'm also grateful for that song in between so I could blow my nose and uh, wipe my eyes. But church, I love you and I am so grateful for you. Um, there is no greater privilege than the privilege I have along with Brooke um, to, to be able to lead here. And uh, it is an incredible blessing and I hope to do it for a long time. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm also grateful, as Bob mentioned, for an incredible team of, of pastors and leaders. Uh, Pastor Don, who has been serving here for oh, 27 years, something like a long, yeah, I got it right, I got it right. So faithfully, he's such an incredible encouragement. Pastor Carlos Quintana, who's been serving here about that same amount of time, leading our uh, Hispanic, uh, our Spanish language congregation. Uh, he does an incredible job, is such an encourager to me. I grew up with his kids, and so he's kind of like a father to me on our church staff. Grateful for Corey and Michael, um, two guys who uh, I've known Corey since he was a, t a little boy, and, um, and getting to serve together, getting to serve with Michael and Arthur, uh, who is a dear friend of mine, and um, God brought us together in a, in a Unique season of life and, and now being able to serve together in ministry is such a privilege of our pastoral staff. But there are so many others are, um, on our staff team who help allow us to do what God calls us to do as a church. So I'm, I'm grateful and humbled uh, to be honored today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, we have been in our series called In His Name. And this is week three. Week one, we looked at the name Elohim. Elohim is the mighty one. We looked at the God of creation in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God, that word for God is Elohim created the heavens and the earth. He is the mighty one. He is the creator. And we looked at what that means in our life. He is above time, before time. He is transcendent. He is God almighty. He is the God that we stand in awe and wonder of. Last week, Pastor Arthur uh, led us to study the name Adonai, which means the Lord of all, that God is the Lord of all. He is the master. We must submit to him as Lord and King and ruler. And when we do, then he orders our steps. Today, we're going to look at the name Yahweh. Literally means I am that I am. We're going to look at Exodus 3 where, where God first reveals this name to Moses. But it, it is the personal name of God. It is the name that God chooses to reveal himself by. And, and as we're going to see this morning, through Yahweh, we can draw close to God. We can know God. We can experience God. We stand in awe of Elohim. We submit to Adonai, but we can draw near to Yahweh as we'll see this morning. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for those of you joining us on the live stream. Um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 today, and then we're going to look at John chapter 8 at the end of the message. Uh, but this name Yahweh, it appears over 7,000 times in Scripture. 
As I said, it's the name that God uses to describe himself, but it's also uh, translated as Jehovah, and, and many of you have heard the name Jehovah, right? Jehovah is kind of the Latinized version of the Hebrew name Yahweh. There's a Latin translation of the Old Testament. It's called the Septuagint, and when the Latin uh, scribes translated the name Yahweh, they translated it as Jehovah, and so when you hear the name Jehovah, you can know that it's the Hebrew name Yahweh, and that's the name that God used to reveal himself to us. It is a sacred name. The Hebrew scribes who would translate and who would write down the Old Testament, every time they would write the sacred name of God, they would ceremonially cleanse themselves and and tradition tells us that they would use a new quill every time they wrote down the name. In fact, they would write the name as, as four consonants, W-H-W-Y. Sorry, Y-H-W-H. It's getting a little dyslexic there on that. As it was coming out of my mouth, I thought this is wrong, but anyway. The reason for that is because it was to make it unpronounceable so they wouldn't even say the name because when Scripture tells us don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, they, they took this name seriously, that they wouldn't even utter the name for fear that they would do it in vain. It's the precious, self-revealed name of God. The reason I, I tell you this a little bit about this name is because I want you to understand the importance of this name, the, the weight of this name, the sacredness of this name, the way that God revealed himself to us. As we're going to see in Exodus chapter 3, Moses said, what, who should I tell people that you are? And this is the name that God gives Moses. So this morning as we come to understand another name of God, we come to understand this personal name of God. It's, it's different from Elohim, the mighty one. It's different from Adonai, the Lord of all. This is God's personally revealed name to us. So let me pray and then we'll read out of Exodus chapter 3 together. We'll take a look at, a, at three principles this morning to help us understand the name Yahweh. And then we'll have a, a time to understand what that means for us in our lives as we apply that truth. So, Lord God, thank you this morning that you are Elohim, God Almighty, the creator and sustainer of life. We thank you that you are Adonai, the Lord of all, and we submit and surrender to your rule and reign in our lives. And God, we thank you that you revealed yourself to us. You are Yahweh, Jehovah. We can draw near to you. So Lord, help us to stand in awe of wonder of who you are. Help us to submit to who you are and help us to draw near to you this morning. Use your word to penetrate our hearts, to challenge us where we need to be challenged, to correct us where we need to be corrected and to encourage us where we need encouragement this morning. Your word is sufficient. So use it through the power of your spirit in our hearts and lives this morning. Give us ears to hear 
hearts to obey, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, let me read out of Exodus chapter 3. It's a familiar story where Moses encounters the burning bush in the desert. You remember Moses, he was a Hebrew boy. The Pharaoh of Egypt declared that he was going to execute the Hebrew boys who were born at this time in history. And so Moses' mother put him in a little basket and sent him floating down the river where he was found by the daughter of Pharaoh who adopted him as her own son and raised him in all of the grandeur and privilege of being an Egyptian royal. And one day, Moses came to understand his true heritage and identity, that he was a Hebrew of the chosen nation, God's people. And when he discovered that, he was no longer satisfied to see the Egyptians oppress the Hebrew people. And it tells us that one day, he saw an Egyptian slave driver whipping a Hebrew, and, and he killed the guy. And then he fled for his life. And for 40 years, he had spent his life out watching the sheep of his father-in-law in the desert. And this is where the story picks up. Exodus 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, meanwhile means, you know, meanwhile is, is kind of like the story's going. But meanwhile, back on the ranch, you remember that? Right, life is moving on, and Moses has been left behind. So the story says, meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. And as Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Whenever, whenever somebody says your name twice, you know, like, Watch out, something's about to happen. Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Don't come any closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. This morning, God knows about your sufferings too. And I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The territory of the Israelites cry, sorry, the territory of the Canaanites Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So because of the Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, therefore you go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. All right, a pretty big call, instruction, charge to Moses here. So Moses says in verse 11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And 
God answered, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to, tell, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. God reveals his name to Moses. He says, I am who I am. I am who I am. And this little phrase, I am who I am, was transcribed to the word Yahweh. The, the Greek word for this, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew word for, for this phrase, I am, it's, it's just a verb. And it means to be. And it's hayah. Can everybody say hayah? Hayah, right? You, you won't forget that one. And this Hebrew word hayah, they took the consonants from that word and, and made it the name of God. And later the vowels were added to make the name Yahweh. And when Yahweh is put in Scripture, every time the word Yahweh occurs, they don't put Yahweh and they don't put Jehovah in Scripture. They, they put the word Lord and they put it in all caps. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He is Yahweh, he is the Lord. But this name Yahweh, it, it literally means I am who I am. And so this morning I, I want us to see that Yahweh is the great I am. We, we use that phrase in church sometimes, the great I am. You've probably heard it if you've been around church for any amount of time. And, and this phrase, the great I am, comes from this name of God. Where God says, I am who I am. I am because I am, it might be translated. Now, me, I am because my parents, who are sitting right over here, Dave and Donna Janney, they got married and they kissed on the cheek and a stork brought me to their house. That's the way I like to tell it. They kept kissing on the cheek because they brought three other kids too. But I am because I had parents who conceived me and, I, and now I am. We all, and they are because they had parents and their parents had parents before them and their parents had parents before them. But God just is because he is. He has no backstory. He has no origin story if you're into comic books. He is because he is. I am because I am, God said. He is self-existent. He isn't the God of yesterday, and he isn't the God of tomorrow. He is the God of all time. In fact, in the book of Revelation, uh, we see this in, in Revelation 1.8. God says, I am the Alpha and Omega, 
says the Lord God, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, the Almighty. He's trying to get us to understand this idea that, you know, he's not a has-been, he's not an up-and-comer, he just always is and always exists. He is, I am the I am. He was there in the past, and he will be there in the future. But he is not the God of the past or the God of the future. He is God. Let me, let me say it another way. So in my family, uh, Brooke and I have four kids, and my sister Diana has four kids, and my other sister has two kids, and my brother has one. So there's 11 grandkids. And whenever we get together, we like to take pictures of the grandkids, right? And we put them in order. So Carly is the oldest, and... And then it goes down the line, and then the youngest is David. We have the distinction of having the oldest and youngest of all the grandkids. Um, but, but here we go. We get them in order by, by birthday, and it takes a lot of work <laughs> to get all these kids to, like, we couldn't even get them to, like, do a nice smile. They're just messing around. So we go oldest to youngest. Now, if, if I said, okay, let's all stand up and let's get oldest to youngest, that would be quite a feat in this room, right? And somebody would not like to be the very oldest on the end of the line. Or if I said, let's, let's arrange ourselves alphabetically by name, and we would have to figure out, okay, what does your name start with? Okay, what's the second letter? And, you know, we would have to sort ourselves out. Have any of you ever kind of played a game like that in a group setting, like kind of an icebreaker game for a group where you, where you arrange yourself by birthday or by name or by age, right? We kind of categorize ourselves. But here's what I want us to see about God. If, if we were arranging ourselves, God is without category. God is the line, right? We all have a certain place in the line where we fit, a certain time in history where we fit. A certain part of our, our, our story where we fit in the grand story. But God is the line. God is the story. He is without category. God is. He exists in perpetuity. He is the great I am. He is without category. And that's what he's telling Moses when he says, I am because I am, that I am, who I am, I am. He is the one who was and is and is to come. When God tells you that something is going to happen, when God makes a promise, God knows because he's already there. Because he is. He's outside of our categories. He's outside of time. He's he's outside of it all because he is the great I am. He says, tell them that I am has sent you. We we can't say that, right? We have a beginning, but God is the great I am. We can also see that Yahweh doesn't work on our timetable because he's outside of all of that, because he is the great I am, because nothing is impossible with God. He doesn't work the way we work. In fact, when he tells Moses, Moses, I've got this job for you. I want you to go to Pharaoh. Moses is thinking, hey, I'm living in meanwhile. (laughs) My, My prime has passed. I'm out here with the sheep 
In fact, Moses was 80 years old, still watching his father-in-law's sheep. Like, he didn't even get a promotion. He was still out there in the field. He wasn't even like the boss of the sheep down at the, you know, down at the, at, at the headquarters where they send out the shepherds. He was still out there in the field. Meanwhile, and God steps into Moses' meanwhile and he says, Moses, I've got something for you to do because Yahweh doesn't work on our timetable. Yahweh is not limited by our limitations because he is the great I am. He's not limited by our limitations. Moses had all kinds of questions and reasons why he wasn't the guy. Have you ever, um, I, I was thinking of, of times where, you know, my wife, uh, she likes to follow rules more than I do. And so sometimes I say, hey, we should do this. And she says, we can't do that. I, I say, speak for yourself. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, just not, not like really big rules, just little ones, you know, the fuzzy ones. Right, but have you ever had somebody tell you, we can't do that, and you say, yes, we can. I'm gonna, I've done it already. I'm going to do it again. Right? On a much grander scale, this is what God is saying to Moses. Moses, I am the great I am. Don't tell me what I can't do or what you can't do. In fact, when Moses says, how am I supposed to do that? The great I am says to Moses, well, I'm going to be with you. I'm going with you. I got this covered because God doesn't work on our timetable. He asks questions, well, who am I? And God says, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. And then he says, and who are you? Who do I tell him that you are? God says, I'm the great I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And he says, this is my name forever and ever. Maybe in your life there's some things where you're saying, I can't do that. Maybe even God, I can't do that. Maybe there's something that God is calling you to and you say, I can't do that, I can't do that. And God says, speak for yourself. I'm going to be with you. Come on, let's go. Because he is the great I am. He is the great I am. He, he doesn't work on our timetable. He's not limited by our limitations. But here's the most precious part of Yahweh revealing himself to Moses and to us through Scripture. Yahweh allows us to come near. Moses is out in the desert and he sees this bush that's on fire but it's not being consumed. And he says, I got to check this out. And he walks over, and as he gets near, the voice of the Lord says, Moses, Moses. And when Moses understands that it's God, he covers up his face. God says, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. In the Old Testament, so many times we see this idea of of. God being a consuming fire, right? When God appears on Mount Sinai, he gives instructions, don't let anybody get anywhere near the mountain or they will be consumed. When Moses tells God, I want to see your glory, God says, you can't see my glory or you would die. 
because God is holy. He's set apart. And we are not holy. We're sinners. And rightfully, we should be consumed by a holy God. But somehow, Moses comes near to this burning bush, the presence of God. And let me show you why. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 says this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. And as Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire and not consumed. But that little phrase, the angel of the Lord, I want to talk about it for just a minute. So it it just kind of occurs in verse 2, and then it goes on to say the Lord, and it says God to describe God. But this phrase, the angel of the Lord, is important. It occurs a few other times in the Old Testament as well. But the angel of the Lord is literally the pre-incarnate Christ. Jesus didn't just come when he was born in a manger in Bethlehem two years ago. Jesus has always been. That's why John chapter 1 tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Tells us that the Word put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. So this angel of the Lord that appears in the bush is the pre-incarnate Christ. He is the reason that Moses could get anywhere near that burning bush without being consumed himself. We also see the the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, he he appears to Joshua. You remember the story, Joshua is about to lead the Israelites into the promised land and they're going to march around the walls of Jericho. And it says the angel of the Lord appeared and, and Joshua went and said, are you for us or against us? He said, I'm for me. (laughs) I'm the angel the commander of the armies of the Lord. And it says that Joshua bowed down and worshiped him. Again, it's a picture of the pre-incarnate Christ. Before Christ came as a baby in Bethlehem, he was. We see him appear to Abraham. We see him appear even in the wilderness to, to Hagar and Ishmael the illegitimate son of Abraham who was cast out by Sarah. And the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, appeared to them and provided for them, gave them water, showed them grace and mercy. We see the angel of the Lord appear in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they weren't burned up. And we see the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, appear in a burning bush in the middle of nowhere. And Moses comes near the bush. And then he says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. But Moses should have never been able to get anywhere near that burning bush. Except for Yahweh, the pre-incarnate Christ, the angel of the Lord. Let me read you out of John chapter 8 what Jesus says about himself. The book of John, the gospel of John, uses this phrase, I am, several times as Jesus describes himself. And it's intentional because John wants us to understand that Jesus is the great I am. 
Just as much as God the Father is the great I am, Jesus is the great I am. He is God. And so here's what John chapter 8 says in, in verses 53 through 58. Let me, let me give you a little uh, info on what's going on here. Jesus is speaking with the religious leaders and they're upset with Jesus and they accuse him of being demon-possessed and, you know, a, a Samaritan, which was a really bad name to call somebody in that time. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm not demon-possessed, I'm not a Samaritan. Listen what Jesus says. So, so these religious leaders are arguing with Jesus, and they ask him this question in John 8, 53. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you claim to be? Here's what Jesus said. If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. My father about whom you say he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me, and you don't know him. But I know him, and if I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. <laughs> but I do know him, and I keep his word. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. And the Jews, these religious leaders replied, you're not even 50 years old, and you say you've seen Abraham? Listen what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Jesus is showing us that he is Yahweh. He is the great I am. And that evening in the middle of the desert, in the burning bush, he was there. And he allowed Moses to come near. Let me tell you something else that John says about Jesus. Another, I think it's my favorite of all the I am statements that Jesus makes. The, the religious leaders and the, uh, the temple guard, they came to arrest Jesus in the garden. And in John chapter 18, verse 6, they came and they, and they said, who's Jesus of Nazareth? In John 18, 6, when Jesus told them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. So these, these temple guards, they come and say, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, I am he, and they just fall down. I love it. Because he is the great I am. Are you Jesus of Nazareth? I am he. Somehow these dummies still got up <laughs> and arrested him. He is the great I am. And you know why they were able to even arrest him? Because in John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. Yahweh, the great I am, the self-existent God who was and is and is to come. He is without category. He revealed himself to us. He stepped into Moses' story that day. And he steps into our story through the person of Jesus Christ, who allows us to draw near to God.
However, as Arthur pointed out last week, it takes submission to draw near to God. So in the bush, God said, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. Moses had to submit. And in our lives, we're called to humble ourselves, sight of the Lord, to confess that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We can't have a Savior until we'll submit to his salvation. And so Elohim, we stand, and this is how we started, Elohim is the God we stand in awe and wonder. Adonai is the one that we submit to. Yahweh is the one to whom we can draw near. But when we draw near to him and taste his goodness, then we want to submit to him because he is a good Lord and master. And the more we submit to him, the more we see his glory revealed in our lives as Elohim. And so this morning as the musicians are coming up, have you experienced Yahweh, the great I am? This morning, some of us need to submit to the great I am. To know that he is outside of all your categories. He is the pre-existent, self-existent, almighty God. I am that I am. He is over it all, above it all, around it all at the same time. And he reveals himself to us. Some of you, you need to understand that he doesn't work on our timetable and he's not limited by our limitations. Because some of you are struggling with, with something going on in your life, something maybe that God is calling you to. And you need to know that, that it's not above his pay grade. He is the great I am. And he will step into your situation. And then some of you this morning, you need to know Jesus Christ. The great I am who allows us to draw near to God. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And in John, we're told, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the living water. He says, I am the good shepherd. Whatever you need, that's exactly who Jesus is. He is the great I am. And Jesus made a way for us to draw near to God by laying down his life. When the soldiers came to take him to crucify him and they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He said, I am he. And they fell on their bottoms. <laughs> I mean, he's the all-powerful God. 
And yet, he allowed himself to be taken into captivity. He allowed himself to go through the mockery of a trial. He allowed himself to be spit on, to have his beard ripped out of his face. He allowed himself to be beaten by rods. He allowed himself to have a crown of thorns pushed in his head. He allowed himself to be scourged by a cat of nine tails 40 times. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He allowed himself to be forsaken by the Father on a cross so that we could draw near. No one takes my life from me, I lay it down. And some of you need to know that Savior this morning. Scripture says our sin separates us from God. He is holy. We should be consumed, and yet we're not because Jesus Christ made a way. He made a way in the burning bush for Moses, and he makes a way for us today to come to the Father. And so we submit and surrender and we say, God, I am a sinner. I'm selfish most of the time. I want things my way. I need you to save me. I can't save myself by my own good works because they're not that great. If I compare myself to other people, I might feel like I'm doing okay. But when I look to you, I recognize that I fall desperately short. And so I surrender to you. I ask you to save me. And he'll save us. So why don't you stand up with me this morning. Bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray. But before I do, I just want to know how to pray for you. So let me ask you this this morning. Is there anybody who says, I need to be reminded, I needed to be reminded this morning that God is not, that the Yahweh, the great I am, is not limited by my limitations. Anybody who just says, I needed to be reminded about that this morning, that I am not, that he is not limited by my limitations. And let me pray I just want to pray for you this morning. God, I I pray for all of us who needed that reminder this morning. Maybe it's because there's a circumstance or a situation in our life that seems too hard for us to bear. As you told Moses this morning, surely I will be with you. God, we thank you that you are with us. And so, Lord, help us to surrender and submit to you to follow where you lead. Encourage us that you are with us this morning. Let me ask this question. Is there anybody who says this morning, I I need to know Jesus as Savior. I need to surrender to him so that I can draw near into a relationship with God. This morning I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I need to know him as Savior. Anybody like that, just put your hand up because I want to pray for you this morning. Anybody like that at all? I need to know Jesus as Savior this morning. So, Lord, I pray for anyone in here this morning who doesn't know you. That they would understand that they can draw near to you today because you made a way through Jesus. You are the great I am. You are without category. You are above it all. You are not limited the way we are. So, God, you can make a way 
you can save. Lord, help us to surrender to you. We're just going to sing this chorus again. He is mighty to save. If you want to come pray, I invite you to come pray. If there's anybody who says, I need to know the Savior this morning, man, I would love to talk to you and pray with you this morning. Sing this as a prayer this morning.